0: Hello and welcome to Cumber Baptist Church Podcast. The following is taken from our morning service, Sunday, 1st of September, 2019. This morning we are joined by Trevor Morrow, who takes his reading from Philippians, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11 and brings us a message entitled, What Really Matters. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here with you in Cumber Baptist this morning. And you'll forgive me for just a moment. But I want to uh, also greet someone else here this morning, but in a slightly different way. Now, I'm not speaking in tongues, just in case anybody's beginning to get a little uneasy about what's happening, but it's good to have fellowship um, with those who speak different languages and it's good to be able to rejoice together in the Lord. Now I want to say thank you to you as a fellowship for the opportunity to come and share with you. Uh, This is actually my first time in Cumber Baptist Church building. I have been a number of times to the midweek meetings um, when I served with Baptist Missions, and it was always a joy and always a great encouragement. And even this morning, to be reminded of your love for us as a family, and indeed for your prayers for us as a family. And the number of people that asked about Christine, nobody asked about me, but uh, everybody was asking about Christine this morning. Uh, And I'll be taking those greetings home uh, to her, and I know she will be encouraged as well. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I did feel a little bit uneasy when uh, I was listening to the children's talk this morning because I was a little bit guilty of being impatient this morning. And yes, I came across those cyclists um, on the way to Cumber Baptist this morning. And uh, yes, let's just say... um, it was difficult. It was difficult. And I had to, uh, just there, pray for forgiveness again for maybe not being as patient as I should have been uh, with them. So um, God always speaks in very direct and very clear ways. And I trust that as we gather together today, we're looking at the theme of prayer. And this morning, I want to look at prayer within the church, how we uh, pray for each other. and, And that's so important. And how we show love for each other as we pray. It's not just a matter of saying, hello, good morning, how are you? and at off time, not even waiting for the answer Uh, but that we are genuinely interested and I know the church here in Cumber is a church uh, that prays and so I want to encourage you as a church uh, as you begin your week of prayer so we'll think about prayer in the church this morning and then in the evening if you're free I'd love to see you again and we'll be looking at prayer and the world how we pray for the world Um, God's at work in the world today around the world all around the world And I want to encourage you to be involved in that work as well. So it's prayer and the church uh, this morning as we think about uh, God's Word. And the um, theme for both services will be pray continually, that attitude of constant communion, constant conversation with God in prayer. And that is a tremendous blessing to us as individuals, to the church, and indeed to uh, God's work. So we're going to be thinking about that uh, this morning. And I trust that as we come uh, together, that we'll get our PowerPoint working uh, as well this morning. Prayer. Now, as you have heard from the announcements, the church here is beginning a week of prayer. And I wonder what your thoughts are on the subject of prayer. Maybe you know everything there is to know about prayer. Uh, The more I read about prayer, the more I try to pray, the more difficult for me it is Uh, Maybe a few questions to get you thinking. Or maybe you're thinking these questions. Do you believe in uh, prayer? Do you you struggle to pray? There we go. Does God still answer prayer? Is prayer really important today? And if God already knows what I or we as a church need, then uh, what's the point in prayer? Does it really matter whether we pray or not? Well, the Bible is very clear that we should pray continually. Paul tells us that in First Thessalonians 5, pray without ceasing. And as we read the Gospels, of course, we discover that Jesus was praying to his father all the time. And if Jesus, Alistair Begg says, if Jesus Christ, the greatest teacher in the world, followed up his instruction by prayer, then what of us? Prayer was also important in the life and ministry of the Apostle Paul. In all of his letters, he is praying for his readers. What really matters in our Christian walk is prayer. And that is the theme for this morning. What really matters? My walk with God is dependent on prayer. The life of the church and its ministry is dependent on prayer. The work of God around the world is dependent. God calls us to pray for his work. Not only the constant communication with God for our own needs, but also the constant praying to God on the behalf of others. I'm not sure how it is with you, but oftentimes when I'm praying for others, somehow my needs just don't seem to be that important anymore. Yet so often, this is the very discipline or indeed the very habit that is so greatly neglected by us as believers and indeed as church members. In our Christian lives, nothing is more important and nothing more difficult to maintain than a meaningful prayer life. And so before we go any further, can I ask you to turn in in God's Word to Philippians chapter 1. And we're here we find the Apostle Paul and he begins this letter to the church at Philippi, with thanksgiving and prayer. The Apostle Paul knew the importance of prayer, praying for others and others praying for him. So let's read then from Philippians chapter 1. We will read from verse 1 down through to verse 11. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, Let's pray. Father, we thank you indeed for the opportunity to gather as your people this morning. We thank you for those hymns of worship that we have lifted up to you. We thank you for the glory and praise and honor that we have sought to ascribe to you. You are a holy God. And yet we thank you that despite our sinfulness, we are accepted in Jesus Christ, those of us who know and love you. And you invite us to come. And so we come with hearts filled with thanksgiving for the great and amazing, powerful, and heavenly Father that you are to each one of us. We thank you for your care. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for always being with us. We thank you that even though we cannot see the future and even though we cannot trace your hand in the circumstances of each of our lives, we can always trust your heart. And Father, we praise you as we gather this morning. We do so not only to sing and to worship and to praise, but we come too to hear your word. We thank you that your word is a living word. It is a powerful word. It is a relevant word. And we pray, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear you, eyes even to see you by faith, and a heart and mind that will not only hear, receive, understand, but indeed apply your word to each of our hearts day by day. I pray for the church here at Cumber I thank you for them I thank you for every remembrance of many of the dear folk here who support mission and support missionaries I thank you for the prayers that go up from this place for your work around the world father I pray too for those who are in need today those who need a special touch from you maybe those who are shut in maybe those who are finding the way difficult maybe those who are uncertain about the future maybe those who are in pain, maybe those who are awaiting some results. Father, whatever the need, we thank you that we come to a God who cares, a God who understands, a God who knows every detail about our lives and has promised to be with us in every moment. So we thank you for the subject that we contemplate this morning. Father, we confess that oftentimes we are not praying as we ought to pray. Father, we are missing out on much of the blessing in communicating with you and listening to your voice as we pray. Lord, will you speak into our hearts again this morning? Will you encourage us? Will you challenge us? Will you change us and draw us closer to yourself? Bless your word because we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You will know from this letter of Paul to the church at Philippi, that Paul, at this moment in time, was in prison. And his friends in the church at Philippi, well, they were miles and miles away. But Paul was liking what he was hearing about the church. It was good news about what was going on there. Paul was thrilled at the news of how God was at work in the church. There wasn't any division. But rather, there was a clear sense of unity amongst the believers. The church was a caring church. They showed interest. They showed compassion. And what a lovely picture for us even to glean from this morning and ask ourselves, is this the kind of church that we are? And, of course, when we speak of the church, we speak of ourselves as individual members. Is this the kind of church I am? As Paul thought about the believers, he was filled with joy. And the entire letter to the church at Philippi is a letter of joy despite his circumstances. Maybe as he was writing, he was thinking about the events of Acts chapter 16. Uh, maybe the conversion of the Philippian jailer came to mind, and it brought joy more. Maybe it was the story of Lydia and her household, and he smiled, and he thanked God for what he was doing. Or maybe it was the healing of the demon-possessed little girl, and Paul was touched by that, and he was encouraged, and, and he was filled with joy. Even now in prison, Paul reveals not only his love for the church, but also the need to pray for the church and how the church needed to pray for one another. And so as we take a little closer look at this portion of God's Word, my prayer for the church here at Cumber, like Paul, that we will be thankful for our church here, that we will be mindful of the church and its needs and indeed the various ministries that you'll be praying for throughout this week. And finally, that we will be prayerful for the church. So let's turn again to Philippians chapter 1. And let me suggest that we will look first of all at the fact that Paul is thankful for the church. Verse 3, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. One paraphrase expresses it like this. Every time you cross my mind, I break out an exclamation of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger to prayer. And as he prays, his heart is filled with incredible joy, not sadness. And as you think of the membership here at Cumber, your your fellow members in the church Is that what happens when you think about each other, when uh, your names cross your minds and why you're just so thankful to be part of this church and, and you want to pray? As Paul thought about the believers in Philippi, he breaks out in exclamations of thanks to God. He's so thankful for the fact that they were partners with him in spreading the good news about Jesus Christ. He remembers how they stood with him. And he recalls, first of all, the work that God does for each of us through salvation. And there is no greater work. There is no greater miracle. And if you're here this morning and the salvation word is just a word, you've never experienced God's presence touching your heart, helping you to see your need of Jesus. And you've never come by faith. Oh, can I encourage you this morning to come to Jesus? Oh, that is my prayer for you. If as yet you do not know him as Savior, will you come to Jesus? Will you put your trust in him? Will you accept him as your personal Savior? Will you now prepare for that great day when we will all be in heaven together? But Paul recalls the work of God through salvation, but also the work of God through sanctification in the church. He sees God and he, he realizes God is doing a work in the church. He's, he's bringing people closer to himself and the closer we get to God. My, how God changes us, our thoughts, our words, our actions. God begins to separate us for his purposes in the church and indeed in the community. And as we'll see later on tonight in the world. So Paul thanks God and is filled with joy for what he's done through the work of salvation through sanctification and through service as he hears of those within the church serving God God was saving God was transforming and God was equipping the believers to be involved in building his kingdom and when that happens in the life of the church we ought to praise God but my we ought to pray Pray that God will keep us together, united in this purpose, and that together as a church we would begin to impact the community. If things are not good in the church, it will be impossible for you to have an impact in the community for God's glory. Prayer was important to Paul. This was what really, really mattered. He knew the importance of people praying for him, And he transmitted this as he prayed for others. Despite being in prison, we find Paul here rejoicing. And how could he be so joyful? Even in prison, you see, Paul's focus was still on the Lord Jesus Christ and the message of the gospel. And I want to encourage you as a church as well. Never lose sight of your purpose as a church. Your focus must never ever change. It must always be on the Lord Jesus Christ and the message of the gospel. This is why the church exists. This is why the Lord Jesus Christ has not yet returned. Because his church has a work to do. Jesus Christ indeed is mentioned some 18 times in chapter 1 alone, and the gospel is mentioned six times in chapter 1. Is that not uh, evidence of how important Jesus Christ is and his message? It made no difference to Paul what was happening to him just as long as Christ is glorified and the gospel is shared with others. Paul was so thankful that the church had remained focused, and he didn't have the slightest doubt in his mind that the God who started this great work in the church would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Jesus Christ appears. Oh, that all of our churches would be known for such a position. Oh, that Cumber Baptist would be known for such a position. And as you come to prayer this week, I want to encourage you to pray that you too will be thankful for the church. Do we thank God for his church, our spiritual family? Are we thankful for the work of grace in our lives and for what God is doing in the lives of others? Are we thankful for the gifts and the opportunities that God has given to the church here at Cumber? Are we thankful for each other? This is so, so important. Paul is thankful for the church. But secondly, Paul is mindful of the church, as we read in verses 7 through to 8. In verse 7, you share with me the special favor of God. Well, Paul gives is thankful for their faith and witness. It is clear that Paul's prayers and hopes for the believers have indeed very deep roots. Paul realizes how the believers had stood by him. They had stuck with him through thick and through thin. They had shared with Paul. Paul's struggles were their struggles. They joined with him in the battle. They made sure Paul was not alone. Again, I ask, is this characteristic, of the church here at Cumber. Are you standing with each other? Are you journeying through the difficulties with each other? Are you aware of what's going on, of how you can help each other? I could almost imagine him singing the words of that lovely hymn Come, people of the risen King. Come those whose joy is morning sun and those weeping through the night. Come those who tell of battles won and those struggling in the fight for his perfect love will never change and his mercies never cease. But follow us through all our days with a certain hope of peace. Oh, rejoice, rejoice. Let every tongue rejoice. One heart, one voice. Oh, church of Christ, rejoice. Dear friends in Cumber Baptist this morning, rejoice. Rejoice at what God is doing. Rejoice at what God wants to do in you. God never changes. His love is always perfect. Paul was constantly mindful of God's love, that love that never changes. But, God, but Paul was also mindful of the love of the believers for him. And he's encouraging them to rejoice with him. Paul loved his fellow believers. And right now he was, he was missing them. He was missing them so much. You see, Paul made no distinction of persons. He feels this way about them all without exception. They all have a special place in the apostle's heart. And how that ought to be in church life too. We just don't sit with a certain few or speak to the certain few interested in the certain few but all of the church were a family and as equal rights before god we ought to be concerned one for the other this was true christian love in action as the apostle paul prayed for the church in first john 3:14 we read we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers whoever does not love abides in death Paul here shows his genuine love through being prepared to suffer indeed on their behalf, whatever the cost. If it it means that you will grow in your faith, if if it means you'll be encouraged in your walk, then I'm happy to suffer. Paul saw circumstances as an opportunity to defend and confirm the truth of the gospel message. This in turn would benefit the church at Philippi. This was clearly the love of Christ shining through the apostle paul is that the case with us this morning is it evident to everyone that we meet that the love of christ is in us or would people be surprised to hear that we're believers that we belong to cumber baptist dear friends that all of our lives would shine for jesus and that as a fellowship we would be encouraged As a fellowship, as a church, you'll be encouraged to work together, to shine together for Jesus Christ in this community. So I ask you this morning, is your love, is our love for each other evident? Do we show genuine concern for others in the fellowship? Do we really, really care? Do we walk with our fellow believers in the challenges that they face? Do we share in their abundance? Do we share in their needs? Do we share in the burdens that they carry? Well, Paul was thankful for the church, but Paul was also mindful of the church as they stood by him, and he now prays for them. Are we mindful of each other? Dear friends, this is so, so important. So as a church this morning, as you begin your week of prayer, are you thankful for the church, for all that God is doing here, through the different departments, through the different ministries, through the different efforts? Are you thankful for the different members of the church? Are you mindful of them day by day? Are you interested in them? Do you care for them? Do you go the extra mile? Do you put yourself out for? This is a challenge We cannot pray for each other if we're not prepared to be part of the solution or part of the help or part of the encouragement for one another. Thirdly, this morning as we think about prayer, Paul is prayerful on behalf of the church. Paul is thankful for the church, he's mindful of the church, and he's prayerful on behalf of the church. And this is what I really want to focus on for the moments that remain. Paul tells us here in verse 9, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and on, in understanding. Paul was so thankful for his believers, for the work of grace in their lives and for how they were sharing the message of the gospel, for the impact they were having in the community. He was so mindful of how his fellow believers had stood with him. He hadn't forgotten them because he knew they hadn't forgotten him. How they had shown him genuine love, He was so overjoyed. Paul, when he writes on another occasion to the church at Corinth on the way of true love in chapter 13, and it was alluded to in the children's talk, explains clearly the importance of love. One paraphrase puts this familiar portion, verses 12 and 13 of 1 Corinthians 13, like this. We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist, But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then, see it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly just as he knows us. But for now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us toward that consummation. Trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, and love extravagantly. And the best of the three is love. So Paul now, in true love, lifts up prayer for his fellow believers, crying to God on their behalf, seeking further uh, God's blessing upon their lives, upon their ministry. And this is how I pray for you as a church this morning. Paul prays for the church at Philippi, and I pray for you. He wants them to understand This is now, listen, what really, really matters. It's good to be thankful. It's good to be mindful. But oh, how important it is to be prayerful. Let us see what Paul prays for the church and how we in turn and must pray for each other. Paul prays that, first of all, their love would overflow more and more. Not only that they would love much, but they would love well. One of the churches that we have close connections with um, has a ministry called the Martha Ministry. And we were recipients of the Martha Ministry when we first came back from Peru. And this is a ministry that many in the church know nothing of. And this is a ministry where a a, a number of ladies have committed themselves to, to baking and to preparing meals. And they will freeze them until such a time as those meals uh, or that particular food is necessary. And they will gather those meals together in a box and they'll arrive unexpectedly at a home. Uh, and maybe someone that's loosely connected with the church. Maybe it's a friend of someone in, in the church and they're going through difficult times. They need uh, encouragement. And they will take a box of, of groceries, a large box of groceries and cooked meals uh, to that particular family. Martha minister. What an encouragement. What a way to show practical love. And Paul here is praying that their love would keep on uh, growing, that it would overflow more and more and more, that they'd never be satisfied with just saying, We care. We care enough to do something. Paul also prays that they would keep on growing in knowledge and in understanding, to know and understand more about God, no one understands more about his love, about his grace, his mercy, his purposes. And where do we do that? As we gather together under the sound of God's word. It troubles me when I hear of those who think they can live their Christian life at home. They don't see the need of coming to church. My father in law, up until recently, um, his love was the church. And every single meeting, He was there an hour beforehand because he loved the church and he loved the people of God. For him there were no people like the people of God. Oh, dear friends, as the closer you come to God that you realize just how important the people of God are or ought to be to each of us. Paul's praying here for the church. And I'm praying for you as a church that your love would overflow more and more, that you would keep on growing in the knowledge and understanding of God. A gentleman called William Philip, in a book that he has written entitled Why We Pray, said this, we learn most about prayer simply by learning about God. In other words, the more we learn about God, the more we will want to pray. Not only to him, but also for others. But thirdly, Paul goes on to say here in this short prayer, at the beginning of this letter to the church at Philippi, He goes on to pray that they would live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. And here's a huge challenge for us. We too must never be satisfied with our walk. We ought to be examining our lives day by day. Yes, we pray, Lord, that you will bless us, but Lord, bless us and make us a blessing to others. My life will not be a blessing if my walk does not match my talk. If I am saying one thing but living another. If I believe one thing but behave in a different way. And Paul is concerned here. We, we need to keep a check on how we're walking and how we're living. Oh, that you would live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Now we'll not live perfectly. We will still sin. But here there's a challenge to integrity. I am what I say I am. I do what I promise that I said I would do. We need to live circumspectly. We need to live a, a life of example. A life that if Jesus walked with us and watched, he would be proud. That was a challenge to me this week as I looked over again this message for this morning, would Jesus be proud of how I'm living, the things I think about, the way I talk, the way I behave, the input into the church? Would he be proud of me today? What an incredibly powerful and personal, sincere and loving prayer Paul is lifting up for his fellow believers for the church at Philippi. But he goes on to pray further, and finally he prays that, always being filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. Oh, that uh, there would be bountiful fruits from our hearts, from our lives. Indeed, when people look at us, they would be attracted uh, to Jesus. Our lives would so, sh- so shine before others that they would glorify our Father who is in heaven. Paul's genuine concern was converted into real prayer for the church. Paul was wanting the very best for and the very best from the church fellowship. And this is why he prays the things that he prays. His prayer requests were in behalf of everyone, not just a few, not just those he knew best, not just those he maybe liked best, but for everyone. So dear friends as we begin a week of prayer and I commit myself to praying for you as a church this week I'll be taking that little leaflet and I'll be praying when you're praying that God will bless you as a church fellowship that God will encourage you that these things that Paul prays for the church at Philippi I will be praying for you and that as a church you might bring honor and glory to his name why was Paul's prayer for the church so important would it really make any difference? This kind of praying ought to become our vital breath, our constant attitude, our health, our joy, our life. John Bunyan, many, many, many years ago, testified to such delight during the 12 years he spent in prison for unlawful preaching of the Bible. Indeed, it was in communion with God he was enabled to write most of his literary and theological works, including in 1962, a discourse touching prayer, in which he provides a wonderful definition of prayer. This is what he said. Prayer is a sincere, sensible, affectionate pouring out of the heart or soul to God through Christ in strength and the assistance of the Holy Spirit, for such things as God has promised, or according to his word, for the good of the church, with submission and faith to the will of God. A little bit lengthy, but my, that hits it the nail on the head, doesn't it? This is what real prayer is all about. And the end result, well, the end result of Paul's prayer for the church was what they would bring much praise and glory to God. And with many of the promises in Scripture, we know there's always a condition. And Paul is aware of that, and this is why he's praying for these things for the church in Philippi. And if God was pleased to answer, and the people were pleased to respond, Paul wanted to assure them that he was thankful for the church, he was mindful for the church, and that he was prayerful on behalf of the church. Lord, Lord, Like the disciples before us this morning in this church, we humbly ask, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray so that we might pray continually. For this is what really, really matters. May God bless his word to all of our hearts. Let's pray. Father, we confess that the topic of prayer indeed is a familiar topic. We have heard much said about it. We have maybe even read much about it. And yet we confess that we practice prayer so faintly. We are not in communion with ye as we ought to be. And so we pray for forgiveness, but we thank you that there is forgiveness through Christ. And we ask, Lord, that you would give us a fresh vision of you, that we would grow in our knowledge and understanding of you because when we do then we will want to pray more father we need to pray more we need to pray continually and i pray that you'll help us to do just that in jesus name amen